I'm glad to be up here and to uh, get to hang out with you guys tonight. I tell you, I'm really just glad to get Todd off the stage. It's just, he's always, thank you, thank you. He's just always up here talking about stuff, you know. So I'm, uh, I'm just kidding, just picking at Todd. He's a great pastor. So really quick, you guys, uh, you guys might already know this. Today is a, um, a special day in my life. I, I want to take a minute to tell you, I had a s- big special day in my life since we last talked. I got married. Someone, someone married me. Yeah, yeah. Where's Hannah at? Where's Hannah at? Hannah, raise your hand. Hey, Hannah. That's my wife. I love you. Um, I, I, I told her I would do that, and I knew I'd make it awkward, so just bear with me. Another special day in my life is actually today. So today, the date is 314. That means it's National Pi Day. Who has a math teacher that made you aware that today's National Pi Day? I swear there should be a lot more math teachers out there telling you today is 3.14. It's all good though. I hope you had, I hope you celebrated today. And if you didn't, I'm here to celebrate with you now. So I had a math teacher that at one point, you know, I I guess uh, let us know that it was Pi Day. And then at the end of the class surprised us with Pi. So I was like, oh, it's a great day. So it was better than a regular math class. But uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an old soul, so my pie of choice is actually a moon pie. I love moon pies, and I love to pair them perfectly with an RC Cola. Some of my old, older friends in the room might, might like that. Yeah, yeah, Todd actually said he loved a moon pie. All you guys are probably like, isn't a moon pie that thing in the gas station that no one picks up? There's always like a pile of them, and no one ever grabs them? Yes, that's what that is. But, uh, but hey, I've got some moon pies, so I just want to celebrate with you guys. Anyone want a moon pie? I don't know. I've got a few of them here. I've got a few of them here. I see y'all are going crazy over there. Let's see. Let's see. All right, look, look. I've got one left. I've got one left. Where's Todd at? Is he even here? Oh, I see. Oh, you already got it? You got Did you get the moon pie? All right, here, that's for Todd. That's for Todd. I, uh, yeah, yeah, he just burned the calories he's about to eat. So, anyways, moving on, I digress, talking about pies and such. I, um, I'm here also to, to bring you guys a quick announcement about a, a change that happened in my life ministry-wise. So I, um, I was Todd the intern for a, a period of time, which was great, hanging out with you guys last year. And then I got a part-time position here at the church, being Tyler um, on facilities and maintenance, doing some, doing some stuff around here and around the church. And uh, it was part-time, and we were really praying, especially I was about to get married, for God to open up a full-time position. And, uh, and he did. As of January 1st this year, um, I joined alongside Paul Richardson to kind of help him and assist him in some ministry areas, and one area that falls under him is young adults. So I'm super excited about where young adults is going, and um, a lot of you guys probably already know this, because the seniors, the, the on the edge, the, what is it, pre-teens, y'all are pre-young adults, or whatever, I don't know, you're 17, pre-young adult. Um, I came to the, small, the senior small groups last week and invited you guys, but if you weren't there, I want to extend a personal invitation while I'm up here to everyone who's 18 to 30, or about to be 18 to 30, or graduating we would love you guys to get plugged into young adults. Um, we're going to have a, a gathering 
next Thursday on the 22nd at 7 in the Old Student Theater. So that, that invitation is extended to leaders, 18 to 30 also. So we'd, uh, we'd love to see you there. But anyways, moving on. I, um, we're here talking about the, the GOAT series, and last week Todd really, really brought it with um, talking about how, how grand God is and, um, and, and God's character and how he's perfect and his promises, his plans, and his actions. And um, being that, you know, God is, is literally the creator of the universe and everything that ever was, everything that ever will be. How could God also have a, have a personal side? And that's, that's what I want to kind of talk to you guys about tonight, is the, the, personal, um, the, the personal side of Jesus. So really quick, I've got to just, I know this is going to come up. I know it's going to come up. I'm going to pull out the Bible, and y'all going to be like, whoa, he's using a pink Bible. Why is he using a pink Bible? I forgot mine at home. Um, hey, this still says Hannah Walker. My wife, this is my wife's Bible. But uh, she let me use it, so if I pull out the pink Bible, don't think I'm weird or anything. Um, so God has a, through Jesus, has a really personal side. So I want you guys tonight to, everything that's said, everything that's talked about, view it through the lens of God having a personal side. Not just distant, not just big, grand, but also very personal and real to us. So really quick, before we dive into Scripture, um, we've got a lot that I want to tackle tonight. I want to pray. Uh, prayer over the night and prayer over the scriptures. So God, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here and speak with Reckless, uh, with these high schoolers all over our community. God, uh, I love this age group. I love this, these guys. And God, I, I just ask that everything that I speak tonight, every word I read out of your word, um, and every point that's made, it's not my point, God. I ask that um, it, it comes across and it is just completely what you want me to share with them. So um, God, I love you. Thank you, God. I ask that my voice doesn't crack like I'm still going through puberty. That would be so weird and awkward. It does it all the time, but I just pray against that, God. All right, thank you. Love you. Amen. All right. Um, so tonight, anyone else's voice still cracking and they're like 18? Well, that continues until you're like 23, and even it's, it's, it's the worst. It's very embarrassing, too. Um, so Jesus is going to tell a story. We're going to land in, in John chapter 10 tonight, and Jesus is telling a story kind of saying, I am the good shepherd. Now, we could really, we could just expand on the I am part just for days and just keep talking about I am and how, you know, God is the I am. Jesus is the I am. But um, he specifically says, I am the good shepherd. Now, a lot of you are thinking, I have no idea what a shepherd is. I, you know, I, I, is that the guy in the, is that the guy that's holding the thing in the manger scene at Christmas? It could be, I don't know. But a shepherd's job is is specifically to shepherd sheep. You're like, hey, you just said what he is by saying the noun that shepherd is shepherd. Yes, it's, it's the, she- the shepherd shepherds the sheep. Does that make sense? We're all on the same page. So you have sheep, and sheep are naturally by nature dumb. If you leave sheep to be out on their own, they would probably like walk off a cliff just because the one in front of it did it. Like that's just how dumb sheep are. But Jesus is using this illustration of the shepherd and sheep because shepherds, back in this time, and I mean, we're not going to like drive to Hiram and be like, oh, there's a shepherd with his sheep. That's so cool. This was really more relevant back then. So that's why Jesus is speaking to these people because this is something they know. This is part of their everyday life. So 
Jesus is using this analogy of the shepherd and the sheep and talking about, you know, the door and the sheepfold. And the shepherd would open the door and all the sheep would flood through the door. And, you know, the shepherd was just guiding them. He was there to watch over and oversee the sheep. So he's telling this story and he kind of explains what he's talking about. And he doesn't really explain it in depth. He just tells what you would say like an illustration or a parable. And everyone there is like, I don't understand what's going on. So in John 10, Jesus, it, it's funny, he says, you know, it says Jesus says this again, and he explains it really well, because you could tell he's kind of got the, the crowd at a loss here. So we're going to pick up in John 10 at verse 7, and I'm going to read the explained version of what Jesus is really talking about here with the whole, I am the good shepherd. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, come, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and has, and is, he, in verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them, scatters them. He flees because he's the hired hand and cares nothing about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. So really quick, when we're reading Scripture, we always want to see, you know, how things are pointing to the future and what Jesus is going to do. So pull that out right there in the middle. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. Jesus is literally saying that to a group of people that have no idea what he's about to do and what he's about to accomplish on the cross. So that's just kind of cool. We can look back and say, oh, Jesus, I see what you're doing there. But we see clearly verse 14 says that he is the good shepherd and he knows his own, and his own know him. Jesus referring to himself as the good shepherd. So, if, I mean, we're going to say shepherd and sheep a lot tonight. I'm, that's going to be the buzzword tonight. So if Jesus is the shepherd, reckless, we need to just take a second, and I've got to be honest with all of you guys. We are all the sheep. We are sheep. God intended us to be sheep. None of us in the room in this story is the shepherd. We are all the sheep. Hannah caught me earlier. I was kind of going through this, and I kept saying sheeps. And she's like, it's sheep. I'm like, no, one sheep. And she's like, yes, and many sheep, because I was going sheeps. I, there's something there just so if I, if I say sheeps, just laugh to yourself and know what I mean. I mean a group of sheep. So anyways, Pastor Todd, Pastor Todd, under God, is sheep. I am sheep. You guys are. Mayor, governor, president, sheep. The most intimidating, powerful world leaders are sheep under God. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't like that setup. That, is not, that, that setup does not, does not sit well with us. We don't like the fact that we will always be out of our own control and in the hands of the shepherd. Now, God never intended us to one day, miraculously, as sheep walk up to the shepherd and be like, hey, thanks for what you've done so far. 
I'll take it from here. And the shepherd's like, hey, great. One, one of my sheep is now taking my job. And the shepherd hangs out and you know, walks off. And then the next thing, a pack of wolves is watching. And a sheep is leading a bunch of other sheep. And these wolves are going like, hey, that's what you call a mobile buffet. Literally, a sheep leading other sheep to the enemy is like, boom, I'm on it. Ryan's. Golden Corral. That's another buffet. I don't know. Mobile buffet. God never intended us to do that. But how true is that of us today? Jesus is and always will be the good shepherd in our life if we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. Now, really quick, I want to paint a picture of what it looks like for sheep to ultimately want to take the position of the shepherd and go out and do their own thing for a season. God has this personal side that we like to try to ignore. We don't want to follow him personally in our personal walk with him. We want to kind of eventually take on that leadership ourselves. So I'm going to throw out some numbers here, guys. Kind of be thinking what you, what you think these numbers might indicate, and, uh, and then we'll dissect them together. Freshmen, where are you at, freshmen? Your number's 284, all right? Sophomores, where are you at? Let me hear you. Sophomores. 178. Juniors? 135. Seniors? You guys are 128. So, unfortunately, these are not grade, grade war scores, because if they were, my freshmen would be in the lead, and I would be so happy. Seniors would be losing. That would be great. I'm just kidding. Y'all are future young adults. I love you guys. So those are not grade war scores, unfortunately. Those are numbers that we have in our system enrolled for each grade level. So this is a small example here. Of, of what, you know, what's kind of going on worldwide in the church. And let me explain that. You know, there's, there's probably a lot of reasons in our case that these numbers would be the way they are. I'm sure there's sports that freshmen get involved in, and this is not me picking on freshmen. I'm using what we know here to be an example of what's happening Christ followers, with Christ followers all over the world. So, you know, there could be Sports that, you know, younger classmen or whatever uh, get involved in and, you know, there could be different things that take their attention away and eventually they start to come here less and less. But I believe that freshmen in our building or, or people coming here looking for, looking for answers, kind of looking what does it look like to follow Jesus— I feel like they come in our building looking for answers, but we just can't sit with the fact that we are sheep. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and life, and there's nothing we can do ourselves to get out of that. We can't sit with the fact that we literally can't do work, change anything on our own to earn our ultimate salvation, to earn that personal relationship with Jesus. We can't do nothing to earn it. And that turns a lot of people off. They're like, I can't. I can't do that. I'm just, wait, so all I got to do is accept him. I don't have to work. I don't have to, you know, build up. They get bored with it. They're done. Now, but here's why. Think of this. Think of our, our culture in general and how we view leaders. 
So, you know, think of it maybe in like a political campaign or a political leader or even the quarterback of a football team. I don't know. That person works and works, and we're all on board. We're cheering that person on. We're wanting them to get that new position or that new job. They get it. Think of the, even the president. We want them to get that position. They got it. And at that very moment in time, there's someone else in the world somewhere doing more, working harder, faster, and stronger to ultimately take that guy's position. And we know that, and we love that. That's what, that's what we, we love to see that change in power, that rotate in, in authority. So we kind of get, we, we kind of get our, our, our view of a leader kind of mixed up. That's why, the, that's why the moment when Tom Brady all of a sudden loses the Super Bowl, I know I'm saying the same thing. I'm saying the same thing. When he loses the Super Bowl, everyone's like, no, he's not the greatest of all time, I told you. Let's get him a replacement. I bet, I bet the Patriots will bring a new quarterback in next year. That's what, that's what people are saying. I'm not saying that. But you see, the moment that leader switches, we're, all of a sudden we're moving on to the next greatest, best thing. What's going to be the next answer for the next few years? That fall-off of, can we throw those numbers up one more time? That fall-off, I believe, is very similar in the church today. People are coming to Jesus, looking for the answers for a season of their life, They're not really wanting to accept his personal gift of salvation. They're not wanting to walk with him long term. They're just wanting this little seasonal thing. And they come and they're like, ah, I didn't get it. And they fall off. And then before you know it, we have, you know, half or less of seniors here than there were freshmen four years ago. But that's not picking on you guys. That's what's going on globally. That's how people are viewing Christ. And we've got to change that. You see, that's not Jesus but we still treat him that way. You know why that's not Jesus? That's not Jesus because Jesus is not just the greatest of all time of the newspapers and of magazines. He's the greatest of all time because he's offering us a chance to become our personal Lord and Savior, rescuing us from sin that we were born into. He's the good shepherd, and he will lead us into pasture. Let's read verse 12 one more time in just a a little different light. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, which is anyone other than Jesus, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. That's personal. That's Jesus saying, I know my own. My own know me. We know each other. Anything that we put in our life that goes in front of Jesus is a hired hand. It's only there for a season. But Jesus is there for a lifetime. When trouble comes, think of this. When you're in a sport, and all of a sudden you have an injury, that sport, it doesn't want you anymore. It leaves you. It moves on to the next person. But what about Jesus? That boyfriend or girlfriend that's so important that all of a sudden when you break up, they don't want you anymore and they leave, they're the hired hand. Jesus doesn't do that. He's wanting that personal relationship with you. I know my own and my own know me. Maybe the reason 
for that number of so many people leaving the church is because they think there's something they can do on their own instead of just simply being his own. It's all he's asking. We sang a song earlier, and you guys sing it all the time. We, we love this song, and really the, the pinnacle where we're really shouting into these lyrics. This is what we're singing. Jesus Christ, you are my one desire, so hear my only cry to know you all my life. But how many of us are singing, just right now, only this season? It's all my life. How can we sing that and literally shout to Jesus, I want to know you all my life, but then just kind of follow him like it's just a seasonal thing. It's just the, it's the cool thing right now. It's just the reckless thing. You know, I want to share a, a kind of a personal story with you guys before, um, before we close. I joined serving here as a small group leader. I didn't come to Revolution or Reckless. I started serving a year after I graduated as a result of a, of a breakup. So, and you might be like, what's he talking about? Um, I came to church here on Sundays. I was definitely a believer. I accepted Christ at a young age, but I never really moved forward in my faith. Um, never really owned my faith as my own. So, I was serving here on, uh, on Wednesday nights when we had middle school and high school both, uh, and I was in an eighth grade group. I came in half the year, so as a result of a bad breakup, I'm like, all right, God, you know, I'm going to start moving forward with what I think your plans are for my life. I know you want me to serve. I know you want me involved in pouring into the younger kids. So I meet Brad Chandler for the first time. He plugs me into an eighth grade group. It was just crazy. These kids were nuts. Hey, and these kids are actually seniors now, and some of them are sitting in this room. Some of them are saying, I see you. I see you. It's still crazy, man. Um, so that's, how, that's the kind of the time. So they were eighth graders. Now they're seniors. But I joined their eighth grade group. And uh, it was just perfect. It was just a, a perfect match. We, we really were able to gain a lot of ground that year, their eighth grade year, where they moved into high school. And um, in that time, also another thing God was working. So, like I said, was in a breakup, kind of stepped out of my comfort zone and just allowed God to use me and see where that would go. God um, eventually brought a, uh, another leader that was serving at the time and um, one, of my, one of my rush crush um, Hannah into my life so that I obviously God led me to something I would have if it was on my own would have never really uh, been able to find so I'm walking and you know I'm, I'm in a you know serving here on Wednesday nights and I'm in a new relationship and things are going great but a lot of times it's so easy to get that all right things are good again and walk away thanks God you got me for this season I'll see you the next time it gets rough you know but I felt like God there's still something more you're calling me to and keep in mind, at this time, I, in, in my plans, in my ideas, and kind of my own path, me trying to be the shepherd, I wanted to be a firefighter, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to fire school. It's going to be great. Um, and God started to slowly take that plan away because he offered up an internship here. And I was thinking, I, I didn't apply for that. It just, it just happened. It was kind of offered, and God's literally saying, you walk through this door. I'm making it so easy for you. So... Still in this really uncomfortable place, I walk through to the internship, and I'm like, I never thought about doing ministry before, and I get to speak in front of you guys and go to Rush and do games and all that, and then ultimately the, the internship leads to a ministry position part-time here at the church, and then it leads to, you know, exactly where I am today. All that being said, I could have taken that season 
I could have taken that season and just walked and then grabbed the staff from the shepherd and been like, I don't need the personal stuff. You, you got me where I'm at. I'm good. I'm going to go from here. But I hung in there, and God completely, radically changed my life to a place where I'm standing here in front of you guys, in front of you guys right now, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere different. God had me following him for that season to eventually follow him my entire life. You know, I would be crazy tonight to assume that just everyone in here has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because of the numbers we talked about. Four years ago, a lot of the freshmen that were in the room then are not here now. They were just there for a season and they left. In John 10, Jesus tells us that if we leave, it's, it's basically saying that if we're trying to if we're trying to, anything other than him that we're trying to follow, it's going to leave us hanging. It's going to leave us, it's eventually going to fail us. You know, what Jesus was saying there was also so different. It was so different that people started to say that he was demon-possessed. At the end of the story, it says that, that people thought Jesus was, Jesus was demon-possessed. And... You know, at, at the time, I don't know if I would have been listening to Jesus. I wouldn't have thought the same thing because it was so radically different than anything that, that any religious leaders have said before. Jesus was like, look, you don't have to work on your own. You, he was telling the Pharisees, you don't have to do anything on your own. Just follow me. I'm the good shepherd. I'll lay down my life for you. Just follow me. So really quick, before we close, I want to give you guys just... A second. I want to let just let everything breathe for a second. Some of you might be thinking, "Man, it, that could be me," or "Am I really? Do I really have that personal relationship with Jesus, or am I just here for a season?" So, if you don't mind, I just want to step back. I want to pray later, but I want to give you guys time just to just just to sit, maybe about a minute or so, and think. What? Where am I at in my walk with Jesus right now? And if you end this time and you're thinking, man, I'm not following him. I want to pray with you and, and give you time to go into small group. Really with the mindset of is where are we at personally with Jesus? Not just, not just walking after this big grand idea, but where are we at personally? So take a second, bow your heads, no one looking around. Just have a second. Have a second with God. You know, if you're thinking right now, like, man, maybe that is me. Maybe that is me. Am I really here for a season or am I here for a lifetime? What, what is this? I want to I kind of lead you down the path that, that leads to what Jesus is talking about. So when he says, follow me, and you're like, what does that look like to follow him? Like, I don't see Jesus in the room. I can't just get behind him and follow him. What does that look like? It's as simple as this. It is simply you admitting that, look, there is nothing I'm going to do on my own that's going to get me out of this. I just need to be his own. I need to believe that he laid his life down for the sheep. He laid his life down for me so that I don't have to, to work at it. I don't have to keep trying and keep trying to please people and treat, 
doing, doing this whole church thing. I can just be his own. And as a result of that, as a result of that, we're going to be his. We're going we're gonna to want to tell everyone about our faith in Jesus. So I'm going to pray really quick. I want this to, I want this to continue to small group. And as I, as I pray with, with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I want this time of small group to be maybe a little bit different than the others. See, Jesus himself wants that personal community. And if we're made in the image of God, we need that community with other believers. So have a time in your small group to really, really lean into this. All right, what are we really here for? So God, I, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for everything that you know, has gone on in this series. God, so far we've talked about how grand you are. God, you're so good. God, now we're talking about how personal you are and how personal Jesus is and what he's saying back in the day was so crazy and so radical. People thought that he was demon-possessed, God. And honestly, the world would probably think that again today. But what does it look like to really have a personal relationship with you? God, is that something that we have? God, how can we walk in small groups tonight and, and come around each other and really, as leaders, figure out what does it look like to truly walk with Jesus on a personal level instead of just for a season. God, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done tonight, everything that you're going to continue to do. Uh, Bless this time of small groups, and let's finish out this night well. In your name we pray, God. Amen.